You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash filmschool. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. Mama's man, main character, Mikey, finds finds himself a 30-something recently married and a new father coming back home to New York City to visit his parents. While there, Mikey falls into a psychological paralysis that affects his capacity to deal with his jar, the jarring new realities of his adult life. This deeply personal film is part comedy, part character study, part love letter to his parents. Mama's Man is about coming to grips with love, family, responsibility, and a yearning to relive the warm comforts of childhood. Joining us today on Film School, Azazel Jacobs, the writer and director of Mama's Man. Thank you for joining us here on Film School. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Um, where are we reaching you today? Are you? I'm back in Los Angeles. I got back. Back in L.A. Poland. Now, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you were in Poland. I understand. Yes, there's a film festival there. Um, I got there. I've been there for the past four or five days. But, um, How did it go? I won. Oh, you're kidding. Well, congratulations. Yeah, so it went as good as it could have done. Oh, but my. It was great. Oh, it was, my. Yeah, it was excellent. Wow. Was well, really, well, congratulations. It was, it, was, it was really good Good people, good, you know, just good films I was surrounded by. It was just a great experience to have. Now, now what was the festival? It was... Festival is called the, the Off-Camera Film Festival, and it's in Krakow, Poland. And um, it was really the first year, and it was just, it's, it was really nice. I've been going to a lot of different festivals, but um, this one really stood out. Just I think a lot of it, just being its first year, I had this kind of young energy that was great to be around, and, like, really high goals and ideals. Yeah. Wow, they fulfilled a lot of them. Well, I guess so, and well, congratulations. This is a terrific film, and I, as I said to you off mic, um, it's one that stays with you. It's a film that takes, draws you in to the characters, uh, and you, I just felt very connected to all of them, uh, and, uh, I think that's just a testament to 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 the writing and and the directing and uh it it's uh, it's obviously a personal story um or maybe I shouldn't say that that way is this a is this a story that is sort of pulled from from your own life experience Well yeah absolutely I mean the way that I generally approach films is I, I try to figure out a way of making something a movie that one way or another, if the story doesn't come together and if the acting is no good, it's, it just doesn't work out the way I want to, that there'll still be something that I really want to hold on to. And a lot of that usually means like bringing elements in my life or things that I'd really like to hold on, uh, hold on to through film. And so there's as much of that as there's things I don't know in this film. Yeah. There's definitely, you know, there's... Yeah. Well, I was going to say, where did you get the idea? I mean, was was this uh, well, the result of a trip back home? And or? well, yeah, definitely. The, the idea, you know, I shot this film in the home that I was raised in Lower Manhattan, and it really started off with wanting to just hold on to that place. So it's a special place, and it's a particular place. And the more that I've been, li- I've been living in California now for nine years. 
you know, it's just it's something that I just valued more and more and more as I as I go back and things change quicker and quicker. So that I, I wanted to think of a story that could work in that place that I can, you know, I would be able to document that place. And then, you know, definitely being there and being away. And when I do go to New York and visit my folks, I'm staying in the bedroom over there and mm-hmm. I'm taking care of and there's food in the fridge and there's no bills showing up and all these things that are extremely comforting. So I, I had the idea of, well, what, what if, you know, what if somebody stayed? What if I stayed in this place? And then going back to actual writing, to take it, you know, these are things that you wind up, these, these movies you wind up living with for so long and especially, uh, you know, do the way independently with lower budgets, you really kind of have to think of the long term, is this going to hold my interest? And the writing about myself or my issues would really not do that for that long. So I wound up starting to bring in much other, you know, many other elements that I didn't know and kind of seeing if I could create some interesting uh, interactions and clashes between those two. So I'd say there's, like, as much things that I'm very much familiar that I know as things I didn't know as strangers, especially their son. Like with, in their case, my parents have a son that's, you know, really opted for something completely different than them. He's a nine to five job and he's just, he's asked for normality, you know, and that, that was his rebellion. And I kind of, you know, I think it, it made it, if anything, it winds up bringing me, like just having to understand a person that would decide to do something that's so different than I've decided to do with my life, I think it wound up, I wound up probably revealing a lot more truths about myself and desires to have certain securities that I wouldn't have otherwise. Speaking of Azazel uh, Jacobs, and the film is Mama's Man. Um, when, when you were, yeah, obviously you're bringing elements that are outside your own life experience. Uh, but what was it like uh, approaching your parents with, uh, with I assume, tell us, was it a script and was it done? Was it a work in progress? Did you approach them before you started writing to say, I'm thinking about doing a film and it's going to involve, obviously, you? Uh, what, was that, what was that like? What was that sort of? Uh... Well, that was the hardest thing for sure, approaching them. But that didn't come in. It actually was kind of a backwards way of working. It was really, I'd probably been fifth or sixth draft in script when I started realizing that there was no way of separating this home with the parents, like that they, they were interchange you know, that they, they're just completely intertwined. And uh and once realizing that that I was like and I, at that point I had written characters that parents were kinda of based on my parents, but my dad was like it was a writer and the mom had this thing going on and just kind of a totally different situation. Mm-hmm. So once I started thinking, like, all right, this would be ridiculous to have actors in your place, you know, this is this, this is them through and through, then kind of working up the nerve to, to ask them and say, listen, you know, that I've been writing with this thing about the place, and I, I explained exactly what I said to you and told them it's clear, and, and they realized how important this was to me, and I think that they just gave me their trust from that point on. But that was mo- the, the scariest thing for me, really, was just asking them, because... I, I kind of had a feeling that they would, you know, be okay with it because I'm their son and they would accept it. But I didn't know if that would be the right thing, you know, just putting them in a position because they, they generally, you know, give me the things that as I want. As you're describing it, it's funny how that sort of parallels the storyline itself in a way. The sort of 
acceptance of their sons and you know sort of uh, well I don't want to I I don't want to say too much about the film I think this is a film that needs to be revealed and unfold in front of you but uh so you always intended to do the the film at at this at their um at their place is that what, yeah. what you're saying so okay and and were they right so they right away said yeah sure we'll be a part of it i mean no it, it, my mom definitely didn't want to do it you know she just <laughs> i mean it was more the idea of having people in there you know crew and i mean it's a really private space yeah like, and it's where they work it's where they live it's yeah. you know my dad is now retired and that's this is where they function and especially i think you know the worst off things seem to be getting you know, with the world. I mean, this is this is they surrounded that house with things that inspire and that they enjoy. You yeah, know, and that's yeah. their insulation in a lot of ways. So now to bring a crew in there and then to bring cameras, these are things like I knew I was asking a lot, but <laughs> I think that they um, and I think they also really just got a kick out of the idea of being able to see what I do in front of them. You know, it's not often I th- I can imagine that a parent gets to see their child at work in front of them every day for, you know, how, at least a few weeks of shooting. How long were you at, at the, the I want to say apartment, is that the proper, is there apartment or is there? Well, is I it, guess it's really called a loft, loft, you know, okay. so, yeah. How long um, were you there? I was there at least, you know, a month of prep, a month of shooting, a month afterwards um, of just, you know, wrapping things up. So... I was there for, let's say, at least for three months, and it was a strange experience because, you know, I'm staying in the bedroom, you know, I'm basically, we're living on the set while we're shooting, and, you know, the actor comes over in the morning, and I roll out of bed, and he takes my place in the bed, and, you know, like, when I go to bed at night, I can't, I can't, I have to be careful where I move because I don't want to, you know, change the set around. It was <laughs> a bizarre... Sort of the continuity place. issues yeah. that, yeah, come with being in the same place, huh? Um, yeah, the, the, the whole parallel thing is almost too much for me to get into because I don't like to think of movies as something like, oh, all right, here's my issues. Now you're the audience. Deal with these things. You know, I don't yeah, like yeah. to think. I, yeah. I, I, I like movies that obviously have these elements of truth in them at the same point or not, you know, just yeah. uh, well, now, like Well, now casting this, obviously, the tr- tremendously important that you you find the right actor to play Mikey. Uh, Matt Boren is the actor. Yeah. And Matt Boren. go ahead. How did you find him? Matt Boren is somebody that I wound up working. I made a, my, this is my third feature film. My first feature was called Nobody Needs to Know, um, which you could download for free. Okay. Um, you, wow. you know, I think it's on LegalTorrents.com. On, on where? Say that again? LegalTorrents.com. Okay. LegalTorrents. Okay. And it's, you know, it's a different type of movie and it's, I mean, I love it. This is I, I love it as well, but it's a definitely different type of thing as Mama's Man. But Matt Bourne was one of the actors in there, and he was one of these people that, you know, when you're editing a film, you're starting to see these things slow, frame by frame, backwards and forwards. You start, at least with the way that I work, I'm, I really get to see a lot of, of the small choices that are, that are huge in the film that an actor makes that really can wind up helping a film. And Matt Bourne was one of those people when I was cutting that film, I saw, wow, just like that expression, that look, like it's so important what he's doing, and there's no way for me to be on top of that. There's are things that he chose and that he was able to do and it really added so much. So once I started writing about this character that wasn't based on me, 
um, I started writing for Matt Bourne from the first line on. I, I knew that this was, this was going to be a tough story to 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 say unless there was somebody that really could say a lot with just very small movements. Did you uh, did you rehearse or did you just? How did that work? Did you go? In? I was able to rehearse with Matt Bourne. You know, okay. like that's that's who I could talk to on like an acting, that kind of thing, like directing and acting. And like with my folks, we, they they read through the script a couple times. We definitely discussed it a bunch, and we the only things that I would change in the script if we were shooting was really if they were uncomfortable with like a particular word. You know, it was really important for us to stay on a schedule, to stay in the budget, to stay on track. That was a particular thing I wanted to say with this film. So I didn't want to change things drastically, but if they just wanted to say something a little bit differently, then I would be generally, you know, open to it. Well, I... Um, I go ahead. But, but shooting in order is what was... It's, it's, it's an intense luxury that you can get with independent films and lower-budget films, and that's what we did, and that definitely... so. The first scene is the first scene of the film, and that was the first scene that I saw that my parents could do it. You know, like, that's when I, well, I think they're going to be able to pull this thing off, and it was a huge relief. <laughs> well, both of your parents are, are wonderful in this film. Um, your father is a much quieter, more reserved character in this. Your mother is much more engaged, engaging with with the character of Matt Boren, um, of Mikey, and um, it, they're, they're, they both serve as very... Uh, distinctive kind of counterpoints to what uh, what Mikey is going through. So you see the, through their the prism of their point of view. And uh, your father has a terrific scene with uh, with Matt in that uh, they're sitting around the table and he asks him what's wrong. And your your father says, "Can you think of any time we? Ever, I, I want to say this correctly. Can you? We've never lied to you." He just yeah. says that's all he has to say, and when it's just it says everything about. Uh, about what's going on with Mikey's character. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's it's an incredible line, I think, for somebody to deliver that you know that they're saying that this. They, my parents didn't lie to me and my sister. They just they, that wasn't something that happened, you know. So I think that that is in there. When I feel that line as well, you know, when you're making this film, it's hard to feel things, you know, because you're you're inside of it so much, but that's definitely one of the moments that I can feel because I, I, I know what he's saying is absolutely true. <laughs> and I, I love that about that for sure. We're speaking with Azazel Jacobs. The film is Mama's Man. And um, let's talk a little bit about your father. I do want to come back to your mother because I just she's just she has a wonderful scene with, uh, with Mikey as well, uh, the scene in which uh, uh, they hug. When he sits on her lap, and there's this embrace, and really quite a quite a touching moment. But your father himself is a filmmaker, is that? Yes, my father. About... He's been making avant-garde films um, really since the early '50s, and he also taught film at SUNY Binghamton for thirty-something years. Um, and he's, you know, he's he's. He's been a teacher. I mean, one of the things that I could say is the big, di- like a big difference between his character in in Mama's Man and in real life is that he he has a lot to say and he's very well spoken. And you know, really growing up, there was a lot of discussion. I was never, I always felt that my opinions were valuable and were, there was big discussion. So that's something that's kind of missing in in Mama's Man. At the same time, I felt that. 
with a son like this, with Mikey, this would, this could be how my dad would be yeah. towards a person like that. Yeah. I feel that a lot of what Mama's Man is about and Mikey's journey about is is coming to kind of have some valuing what his parents have been doing instead of spending a lot of time running away from it and maybe being embarrassed and moving away. Um, and that, that hasn't been my relationship. I think hopefully, you know, there's a lot of his work in the film itself, and those things aren't, weren't afterthoughts. Those were inspirations, and those are like pillars for me of the story. It, a lot of Mama's Man is some way for me to kind of be part of my father's work, which I really respect. And, and my father's work has been made first and foremost for my mom. Like, that's his, that's his most, that's his audience. You know, he makes his work for my mother. My mother says, yes, this is worthy. Like, this is, this, keep going. This is good stuff. You know, like, this is, and that's, that's what, that's the approval he's looking for other than from himself. What a wonderful you know, relationship. What a wonderful facet to that. Their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, so these are things that I've seen growing up and I feel like, I mean, also, you know, the peers that, you know, the filmmakers that he's been part of, you know, from the moment on that I can remember, there was always, you know, they were each other's audiences. They would show each other their work and there'd be long discussions and things were very emotional and heated and because this wasn't valuable in any other way. You know, there wasn't money that was going to be expected to come back in any way or, or any kind of attention. So they were what they said really mattered and in turn it really gave me the idea of how important film was from a very early age and it probably had a lot to do with me wanting to be part of it i want to spend just a minute talking about your mother your mom um what's her background my mother is a painter um she was kicked out of RISD for abstract painting back when (laughs) No, no, to do that. I guess um, she grew up in Queens, uh, and uh, she's she's really been the person that you know, like I say, has been my father's partner, and also has really raised us all, including my dad, my sister as well. Well, she's terrific in the film, and uh, besides your father, which it sounds like he it has in, had an influence on you and your filmmaking career. Who else have you been influenced by? Well, I would definitely say friends and family are big things. You know, I was thinking, you know, things have been going very well with Mama's Man this time. And it's my life in a lot of ways has become easier, not in terms of like becoming rich, but just in terms of being able to keep working and feeling like the next thing is a little bit easier to go on. And, you know, I realized that the only way that that's happening, this is my third film the third full-length film. I've been making films now for 17 years, for half my life. And it's, uh, it's, it's only because of support from really besides family, but from friends, from people that are saying like, all right, even if people aren't into this or whatever, you keep like, they, that there's only way that I've gone to the place where I am is through really support of friends and people saying, even when times when I had doubts that I never felt that they had any doubts. What about filmmakers? So that, I'm sorry. What about filmmakers? Well, filmmakers, um, I mean, there's a long list of people, but I definitely, like the films, that, let's say some of the films that I'll revisit over and over again. I mean, I guess um, I'd go back to, 
let's see, um, Boy Meets Girl, Leo Crox, okay. uh, Boy Meets Girl, um, definitely Dead Man I'd put up there on the top. I put Forbidden Zone as a film by Richard Elfman that yeah. I just, I can't get enough of. Yeah. Um, Johnny Swade by Tom DeCillo. You know, these are movies yeah. that, of Brunel and obviously yeah. Godard and definitely Castellanos. These are, these are the films that all just keep going back and back and especially in times of frustration and go, you know, wow, like, okay, it, it's possible to do something really unbelievable and also unseen before, you know, that there's still so much to still explore with this film. And also to remember how much it's already been pushed, you know, because you, you're, you're, you could wind up surrounding yourself and not seeing good enough stuff and realizing, like, uh, things that incredible things have been getting done with cinema since its invention and that, you know, that you, you should use that as something to aim for, to yeah. at least. Yeah. Well, I, 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 the, the, uh, the loft itself in this film is, is a character. Uh, it's a definitely, a, certainly it, it reveals uh, a lot about uh, Mikey's character and um, it pulls a lot of people. The, the, confi- the confining sort of, I mean, you, I don't know how big it is, but in the film, it doesn't look like there's a lot of fr- open space in the loft. It looks like uh, because of the the artwork, the books, the films, all the different things that are in the, the loft, um, it has a way of putting you in close proximity in, in, in with these characters. You're, you're, you feel like you're really sitting at the kitchen table with them when they're having a meal or... That's great to hear. I mean, we had the the DP and I, to Toby, Tobias Adam, yeah. we had very few rules, but the biggest rule was just that we weren't going to move anything. Yeah. You know, that, that, and that was really important. Like, it, it forced so many, because there's so many things in there, it constantly forced us to figure out ways of seeing, to sort of either peering around or looking through things. And I really really appreciate that and also just having you know this is a space that i know every inch of and then here's this person the camera person's coming and he's also coming from different countries from germany and just a totally different situation i I loved getting a chance to see this place not exactly the way that i see it in in real life but also in ways that there's no way that i could see it and i i i see that as well you know that i i I like that he was able to really get just just the feeling of the space so well you really do you really do and it's lit well i wanted to compliment the uh, tobias on the lighting and and on the the cinematography you work with darren navarro as your editor and i want a special uh note here your music composer mandy hoffman i thought the the the, uh, the music in it was uh was wonderful that's great yeah, yeah. It's the second time i've worked with mandy i worked for for um uh, with her on the film the previous film called the good times kid which will actually be coming available early January on DVD, so you should be able to Netflix that. And I think what she did both places is is great, and she's she's just something else, you know. Like the, the music, especially for Mama's Man, was it's a really difficult. It was it's a difficult thing to do because so much of it could feel so slight that a little bit of a push in one way or another could really push the scene in a in a certain way. And I didn't. I don't want that. I don't want to be telling audience, okay, this is a sad moment, this is a happy moment. You know, I, I, I like when films really ride that line between the two and you can see and feel what you want to feel, all these things. And I feel what Mandy did was emphasize this thing, 
emphasize the scenes and also let us kind of more more or less know what's going on internally with some of the characters. And Dan, working with Dan was like, I've never worked with an editor before, you know, and it's always been because this work is too close to me. And in this case, this work was so close to me that I knew it was important to work with an editor. And Dan, like, now now I found my person. Like, it it was so important to have this person to kind of give me this proximity and also for me to be able to trust them with this stuff. We're speaking with Azazel. Jacobs, the film is Mama's Man. Since this is film school, we like to impart uh, as much information to filmmakers who listen to the program as possible. I have a hard time with financing. Did you were you able to? Was this a self finance or did you get some money, some help? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. So I made a film called The Good Times Kid, and The Good Times Kid came after like the hardships of the first film. And the first film, I think, for all of us is first feature it's, it's, it's a tough one it's a tough emotional financial everything and you know it's one of these movies where i'd shoot i'd raise money i'd shoot i'd raise money and <laughs> definitely the opposite you know you shouldn't work unless that way unless you really have to and i had to and i'm glad i did but by the time i was done with it i was pretty much destroyed and it was going to take a lot for me to kind of get back into it i kind of I didn't, I didn't know how to even get back into this thing that I love, but I just felt like I just didn't have the energy for this thing. And then, um, you know, I came out to Los Angeles to study at AFI, and another filmmaker there I had become very close with, his name was Harada Naranjo, and he had also made a first film that that also kind of, uh, you know, destroyed him <laughs> and just kind of left him. Like, how are we going to... And so we decided with The Good Times Kid that we team up and pull ourselves out of this thing and kind of remind ourselves why we love film so much. And we we wrote it together. We, we knew we were writing for ourselves. We decided that we'd just take every job that we could. I would find the other people on Craigslist. Like we already knew enough people that were getting paid. We didn't want people to be doing us favors after the first film. I don't. I don't think you can do that after that. I think the first film is the only time you can ask people to bleed for you without paying or giving them anything other than food. But with <laughs> Craigslist, I was able to find two people that were really hungry and wanted to get into film and wanted to get into something over here, and was able to offer them that opportunity. And then. Between Gerardo, me, and my girlfriend Diaz, we, we we did everything else. You know, I mean, we shot and we acted it, and we we just did everything. Yes. And it was the same idea. Like one way or another, yeah. we're gonna wind up with a home movie that we'll be really happy with. And we made this thirty-five millimeter feature for ten thousand dollars. We were able to get our hands on some stock, and wow. we shot over thirteen days in LA and. We had about yeah four and a half hours worth of stock, and we just you know just did fifteen sixteen hour days. Just did one of those things where you can only do once, and we just intense work, but just like fondest memories ever. And um, and that film turned out well, and it really was essential. And I'm not I'm not saying that the idea of a calling card film, but Making the Good Times Kid absolutely was a thing that convinced the producers, that, um, besides the script of Mama's Man, to to back it and to give the money for it and to just allow me just to solely direct. It was absolutely, you know, and 
that, that's how these things, well, I think, well, should be. It's something, I, I, as I'm sure you can tell, I think it's something you should be proud of. Uh, it, is a, it is a terrific film. I want to just let some people know now, uh, the film is not currently playing in the Los Angeles area. Uh, it, it's at the, uh, currently it is, or it's opening at the Detroit Film Theater in Detroit, Michigan on the 10th. Currently, is it currently playing at the Willamette uh, Theater? In- yeah, it's, open, it's in two theaters in Chicago right okay. now, the Music Box Theater as well. Okay. And San Francisco should be coming up. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of these films, like, well, Kino's releasing it, and it generally happens in place by place by place. New York went really well. L.A. is rough. It's rough for these type of films. So it was really here just for a couple of weeks. Um, and then it's been kind of moving around the place to place. But well, that's... It, it, it's done well enough that it's going to hit each, you know, it's going to keep playing and playing and playing. Right. So it, it has a long tour to go. Well, that's terrific. It, uh, you see more of that with the, uh, with the smaller films. Um slower uh that uh they sort of become they travel they travel around the country and uh yeah and they pick and, and, and it will continue you know but if yeah people are interested if they go to keynote.com you know they could definitely see where the film is at and then i would imagine the next few months the dvd will be available well azazel uh, jacobs uh congratulations again on the uh on the award at the uh the berlin yeah, uh, the nice po- way to return oh home. fantastic well, and uh, good luck to you on all your future projects. We look forward to seeing what's what's next. So uh, thank you for being here on Film School. Uh, we've been speaking with Azil, Azazil Jacobs, the, the direct writer-director of Mama's Man. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. To learn more about Film School... Listen to more interviews or subscribe to our podcast. Visit our website at KUCI.org slash filmschool.